This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Crafting the perfect beer not only takes a lot of time, but knowledge, experience, and craftsmanship are all a part of the foundation you need. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer, and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest, and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. If this is your first time here, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now Spotify. Today I'm speaking with Josh Freem, owner and brewmaster of Freem Family Brewers in Hood River, Oregon. They opened their doors in 2012 and have rapidly gained a reputation of crafting beautiful beers just in the shadows of Mount Hood. We sat down for a conversation during the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, my name is Josh Freem, and I am co-founder and brewmaster of Freem Family Brewers. And you actually have a tie to Bellingham, if I'm not mistaken. You learned under the great Will Kemper, didn't you? Will has been a great mentor uh, to me. But yeah, actually, I have quite a few different Bellingham ties. I, I graduated from Western Washington University. I moved away, lived in Salt Lake area in the mountains for a while. And then my first brewing job was down at Utah Brewers Cooperative in Salt Lake City, the production facility for Squatters in Wasatch. And then I moved back up to Bellingham to be Will Kepper's head brewer at Chuck and that, helping him run production, get things started off the ground there. So uh, pretty fun. Got to work with the Keppers to help build their brand. Yeah. So when did uh, your own brewery come into the picture then? Well, it was actually when I was at Western. I fell in love with beer in college. I started studying and searching beer and learning more about it. And then naturally started homebrewing. You know, this is like late 90s, early 2000 era. And that first batch of beer, I knew that I wanted to own my own brewery and be a brewmaster. So studying business, marketing at the time, stuck with that, picked up a little bit of engineering and science on the side, kept homebrewing. And then uh, after I graduated, dove further into brewing literature, brewing science, further homebrewed, and then also always pursuing the business aspect as well. Right. So, I mean, this is this has been a long track. How did beer initially find you? Well, beer found me at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, there, there was definitely like the, the high school years of, uh, of drinking beer and hanging out, having fun with friends. Uh, but definitely took a break for a while in early college. I think I got my party uh, side out of me during those years in, in college, I was actually more into studying and uh, playing in the mountains and 
uh, snowboarding and mountaineering and climbing. And with that lifestyle, beer is a very, very natural part of it. And so I had this old mantra in college, all you need is beer and gear and everything in between. Exactly. And so, <laughs> so really way more, at that point, way more lifestyle. And then, you know, it was the idea of once I got to know beer, you know, another a Bellingham a nod is Boundary Bay was my old local. Yeah, yep. it was funny. They were they were pretty young. I think they opened up ninety seven. If I maybe ninety five, ninety seven. Maybe don't quote me on that. But so I was drinking beer there first years, and they were open, and you know that was the place that we would go. We would hang out after Powder Day up at Mount Baker, or you know just get done studying and meet up with friends, drink beer, and, and talk about life and. I it really was a lot about the culture of beer really drew me in, but then the excitement of like how much you could do with beer, and also you know as more and more beer that I drank and studied, realizing that not all beer is created equal, and put me on a path that really made me want to brew beer for my friends and family. And if I was to do that, I wanted to make the best beer I possibly could. You want to take care of your friends, your family. You don't want to give them trash or garbage. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice uh, incentive to keep the to keep you as around as a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll always have plenty of friends around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've talked about Washington and Utah. Uh, how did you end up in Hood River then? After spending some time with the Kempers, I love mountain towns, and so does my wife. We met as mountaineering guides up in British Columbia, and I uh, looking for a little bit larger. A brewing production experience to uh, continue the pursuit. Trade to work for Full Sail down in Hood River. Obviously loved Hood River, natural fit for us. But Full Sail was an interesting place then, where they were contract brewing for Miller Coolers. So really, back then it was an opportunity to work for the big guys. I've been working for the big guys, and we we're using all the same SOPs and process procedures you would at Miller Coolers, but we're doing it at a craft level. And so it was great to work on the production team. And yeah, great it, experience, yeah. It was an awesome experience. And so, you know, really at that point, I'd worked in like a medium-sized craft brewery and worked at a small and helped start them up. Uh, and then really like almost on a test, like really, really focusing on the beer and then to a larger production scale. And then with, meanwhile, always uh, working on test brews in the garage, building the future beers of Freem. And then, you know, just Hood River as a whole was a, a natural fit for us. So uh, how much convincing did it take to convince your wife to open a brewery? Well, we, we met over beer. So. Right, okay. So. <laughs> you know, we, uh, you, we're, we're definitely a little bit of a yig and yang couple. We have a ton in common, but very different personalities. And so when we actually when we first met each other, we, we, we kind of clashed. And uh, we, first year of guiding, like working at the same guiding company that we really did not, uh, we, we kind of kept our space. She was actually the only person the only guy that ever requested not to guide with. Ah. And, and, then, <laughs> and then after our first summer of guiding, we actually made peace over beer at Boundary Bay after a summer, summer of guiding. And it was actually mutual uh, respect and admiration for beer that partially started our relationship. So she knew right away before, like while dating me that this was my dream. So it was kind of just a, a natural progression of, of the ride. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of what you get, what you, you get what you get here. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> So you guys focus on like farmhouse ales, right? Well, you know, we're unique in that this year we'll make about 110 unique beers. You know, not all those are new this year, but we always add in new ones. But we have unique focus. Uh, I always say it's a lot like my heritage. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Seattle, so I'm Pacific Northwest born and raised. I have German heritage inspired by Belgium. 
it really kind of showcases what we do with our beer. Yeah. You know, it was, we do a ton of West Coast, Northwest, Hop Ford. You have a Pilsner, but then you go to a peach sour and like, yeah, it's all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's all over yeah. the place. And yeah. so the thing that pulls it all together is balance, refinement, and, you know, a, a delicate touch. But, you know, I, Pilsner is, is the heart of the brewery. It kind of drives everything else. That's our flagship beer. But I, just, I was just over in uh, Europe last week. had the honor of accepting gold at the European Beer Star for uh, Saison. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty fun. Right. When you were in the process of opening this brewery in Hood River, did you think it would be a fit with the styles of beer that you wanted to make with the local community in Hood River? Or did you know that you had to package and put it elsewhere in the state? At the time, you know, you're talking when we pushed Go on Freem, it was 2011. We started to see like the renaissance again, like the larger craft breweries were starting to, to ramp up, do well, making beer, high quality craft beer. Then there was like a lot of smaller breweries starting to start up. But for us, Hood River was the perfect place because I think at that time it was the most saturated market in the United States. So, you know, it was when we opened up Frame, we were the fourth brewery in a town of 7,000 people. Yeah. Which, which was perfect. Exactly what we wanted because at that point, I didn't have to brew Amber Ale or any beer that I wasn't interested in drinking. We got to be really, really focused and really, you know, speak to a consumer that and uh, provide to a consumer that was intelligent on beer, that was asking more for their beer. And then what was also great on top of that, the food renaissance was exploding in Portland. And so now you have people with a really educated palate. We're looking for more. And Hood River is only an hour from Portland. And then the people of Hood River, hardly anyone is from Hood River. You know, a lot of people move there from big cities or done big things. So people have sophisticated palates and like nice things and respect nice things. And, you know, I like nice casual and, uh, and that's got a little bit of our MO. So, but River was perfect because we could, we could offer really unique, high quality beer. And then also we could really push food and the whole entire beer experience further than a lot of people were, were working on and very inspired by Europe and a lot of the German and Belgian traditions and just the overall like beverage and food and family. And so, but River was great because that's what people wanted and people want like an elevated meal and unique beer and be entertained. And it worked out really, really well for us. Sounds like right place, right time. Yeah, it really, really, really was. And, yeah. and it's, I, people still really join and appreciate it. So we're, we feel very fortunate. So what was the thing that surprised you most in the process of, of opening? Like, was, was there something that different from your expectation of before opening and then afterwards? Yeah, success. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were way more successful than we planned. All right. Well, how do you measure success, though? Well, you know, we built a business that was pretty humble. You know, we... Start off a 15 barrel, two vessel systems, like it was like three 30 barrel fermenters and a 15 barrel fermenter with a small restaurant. We had 5,000 square feet and we're like, man, we'd be doing really well. If we get in like, like five to seven years, our business plan, if we do like about four or 5,000 barrels. So we're currently at just over five years and we have a line out the door for a restaurant. We've had to expand the restaurant like six times. I uh, like at least at least once a year, and we're on a, a rate to do about twenty thousand barrels this year. We have twenty thousand square feet, the whole entire building that we started in. We have offsite warehouse space, and now we're trying to figure out what the future looks like. So you know, we, we've always said we've had good good problems. So with that amount of like feedback and just people wanting to come to your place, does that make you feel nervous or kind of warm and fuzzy that you've been accepted into the community that much? 
Well, it's super, to me, it's super exciting because to me, I always wanted to add something. There was plenty of beer out there when we started Freem. We wanted to like make something special. I have two business partners, Ken Whiteman and Rudy Kellner. And then my wife has been really involved in it, in the whole brewery. And uh, when we came together, you know, we really want to give people something. And, you know, I, I always feel like we're in the entertainment business, uh, and really, which we really are at the end of the day. You know, there's people that drink for just drinking, but we're premium brand that makes premium beer, premium food. And so really... Yeah, I mean, like, like no offense, I consider you special occasion beers. Yeah. Like not, not everyday beers. And that's, so. what, and, and, and that's what, we, what we wanted, you know? And like, we wanted to be special and like give, give people something. And so that people are receptive to that, it fires up me and my team to do more. And it makes us work, it drives us to work harder, faster, better. And we literally finish every day being like, today we made good beer, tomorrow we make better beer. So who inspires you then to uh, create better beer for yourself? Great brewing community, you know, like locally in the United States. Like I, I definitely look up to, uh, you know, the, the Firestone Walkers, the Allagashes that not only make great beer, uh, you know, Sierra Nevadas, but also like great companies and work really, really well with people and create a family-like environment. You know, then and then I also have like more of my generation of brewers that we, we push each other and challenge each other. I got a bunch of guys down in uh, Southern California. Actually, uh, one of my closest best friends, uh, Bob Coons, I went to high school with. We went to college together. Uh, we homebrewed our first batch of beer together. He's got an awesome brewery down in, in LA called Highland Park Brewery. They're killing it. And we've always just been like bubbly little school kids talking about beer. And we still just, I just I just saw Bob right before I came over here, give a big old hug. And right away, we just got into what we're struggling with the beer and how to make it better and share tips and ideas. We take a totally different approach, but we, we inspire and challenge each other. And just over in Europe, studying other people's beers, you know, Eric Toft, who's a German, actual U.S. brewer of Schoenrohm Brewery, makes some of the best lagers, I think, in the world. Hanging out with him at European Beer Star and talk about how lovely and wonderful his lagers are and beers are. And definitely they inspire me. So, you know, there's crew of brewers throughout the world that wake up every morning excited about beer and wanting to make better beer. We all find each other and, and we enjoy having beer together and hanging out and like challenging each other. And it's like, it's a good like brotherly camaraderie, you know, like one of us wins a medal and the other one does it. There's like, like, a, ah, damn it. Like I did it, but you're pumped for them. And then you're like, well, what do you, what'd you do different than me? Or, you know, or like you have a beer that drive from them that really inspires you. And it pushes you like, oh, that gives me a new idea. So that, that's really fun. So there's now 365 breweries in the state of Oregon. If somebody was to open up a brewery today, what challenges do you see them facing? And what would be some advice you could give them? I think the biggest challenge is there's, there's good beer and there's plenty of beer. So I, mean, I think the biggest challenge is what do you have to offer? You know, I think there's always going to be room for high quality beer, but now... I think the, the bar has been raised even from five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, which means that you're going to have to have better equipment, better staff, better knowledge, which really means you're going to have a lot more capital and because you have an experienced consumer. And I would challenge anybody that's looking to open a brewery right now is like, what are you going to offer people that is not already out there? And if uh, the homebrewers out there are listening, what would be some uh, simple advice you'd give them to make better beer? Keep making better beer. You know, homebrewing's fun. I think a lot of homebrewers always dream of, I mean, I'm a homebrewer at the end of the day about dreaming to open up a brewery and whatnot. But I, I'm starting to see a lot of homebrewers that were like, 
really great engineers and had really successful careers and had a lot of fun homebrewing. And then they opened up this business and they weren't expecting it to be a, a, a business. And they're like, they're getting out. If they're going out of business, they've lost a lot of stuff. I, I, mean, I know a lot of things that have happened right now that a lot of it's not like super public or whatnot. And it's sad stories. But the, I would say for the beauty of a, a home brewer is, you know, you don't have to worry about supply chain and employees and even like fresh beer and movement of beer. You just get to brew 5, 10, 15 gallons at a time and share with your friends. You can make really nice beer at home as long as you wake up and be like, I, I want to make good beer. There's plenty of knowledge out there. And you can, you can make nice, fresh beer to share with your friends, which is a pretty pretty fun hobby. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for your time here at uh, the Great American Beer Festival. So. Absolutely. Cheers. Thanks, Aaron. Can't thank Josh enough for his time because it was the Great American Beer Festival that we're at. It's always crazy. So thank you, Josh. This episode was made possible by our supporters on Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, which is an independently produced podcast, you can do so for as little as a dollar an episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian beer. And we have Cascadian beer stickers as well at a certain pledge level. So check that out. If you like what you heard, please take the time to share with a friend or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen to us on Pocket Cast or Overcast, be sure to star that episode. It really helps get this podcast series into as many ears as possible. There's a lot more episodes of the Cascadian Beer Podcast that you can find at cascadian.beer, including my whole episode from the Great American Beer Festival 2017 and the BC Beer Awards 2017. If you want to follow us on social media, you can. We're at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer, on Twitter at Cascadian Beer, and we're also on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. For more information and to follow this podcast series, head to cascadian.beer. Until next time, remember, support your local.